So it's not just that we offer internet. It's not just that we offer our utility services, right? We're a smart city internet service provider that provides smart grid solutions and smart city services over the same fiber network. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Christopher Mitchell at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, and I'm in St. Paul, Minnesota. Today, I'm speaking with Jason Mittler, who is the manager of FPUANet, which is the Fort Pierce Utilities Authority fiber optic network down in Florida. Welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for uh, having me. I really appreciate uh, the honor just to, to be here and speaking with you and your organization uh, in the area of broadband and, and how it impacts communities. Well, I think the audience is going to be really interested in some of the work that y'all are doing down there. Uh, I'm really excited. I've been tracking it, you know, here and there from a newspaper article here or there. And, and some of the, there was a broadband communities article that was pretty cool talking about uh, the, the project that you have. But uh, we'll be diving into what I think is the coolest part, the Lincoln Park project uh, in a little bit. But let's start with uh, what is the actual deployment today in terms of like, what are you building, where, how fast and and that sort of thing? We're currently deploying in, in many, many areas of Fort Pierce, predominantly with inside of our electric territory, um, you know, utilizing infrastructure that we installed for, um, you know, utility purposes. And, and like many other electric utilities, they've decided to monetize that, right? And we, we started doing that in the early 2000s. Um, but, you know, today we have about 170 or so miles of fiber throughout Fort Piers. And, you know, we've offered fiber to many dedicated customers uh, from an enterprise perspective. And we've just passed about 1,500 parcels uh, currently with, you know, PON architecture, uh, Passive Optic Network, where we're providing service to small businesses and residents throughout, you know, targeted areas within, within Fort Piers. And if I remember correctly, you got 45,000 people and I saw like 30,000 meters. So that, that's about correct. You're, you're kind of in the beginning phases then. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, you know, we, we, we've got most of our feeders and our data centers, right? And, and all of those things established and, and we're just building out our, our fiber network, you know, from a distribution side, right? Moving into the neighborhoods and, and standing up cabinets in, in various areas that you know, whether or not we have uh, interest in there based on our aggregated demand management software that we use, or that's an area that, you know, we're partnering with the city or the county with public Wi-Fi and parks, or they need security cameras, right? Or, um, you know, we have utility infrastructure that needs to be connected. You know, we may extend in, into that area as well. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're able to to help offset that cost and by monetizing it, by providing, you know, fiber to the home and business. Now, this is not anything new. I think, you know, it's it, you're you've developed a plan to be more aggressive in recent years, but uh, I saw that you uh the the probably before you were there, uh Fort Pierce Utilities Authority had um got a CLEC license all the way back in 2005. So, uh it's, it's some time ago. That that's correct. That's correct. Uh, you know, I I've, I've actually been here since that time, but I, I, I've been at FPA for just over 21 years, but I, I wasn't involved in the, the fiber side. I was over in the electric engineering side. Uh, so I had some hands on the, the initial fiber infrastructure install, you know, around, uh, you know, our substations and, and for utility purposes. Yeah, you know, we had that vision, right? It's, it's, it's the same story that most electric utilities have. They were kind of getting tired of having unreliable, lagged, communication between their assets in the field, right? And our electric relays are super critical. It impacts our power grid. 
Um, and so uh, that's a lot of money to get those T1 circuits. So we kind of did away with those and put on our fiber ring. And we started connecting all the our other utility assets. And while we did that, you know, we were wise enough to be able to increase the size of our feeder cable um, and then start providing some, you know, some dedicated internet access to other municipalities, schools, right, uh, our partners, some of the large businesses. Um, and at, at that same time, we were able to apply for that CLAC license that kind of exempted us from a few of the legislative challenges that uh, Florida has. Um, and so we have that grandfather status, which has been paying off dividends today. Right. Florida is uh, is not uh, one of the worst states and it's not one of the states that has a, a just a, a small barrier. It's in between with a barrier that, uh, frankly, is a, a bit ambiguous and hard to interpret. And this, I think has led to some people being um, uh, overly cautious to make sure that they weren't uh, running afoul of it. Either way, it's it's discouraging investment and uh, I don't like to see it. Um, that's that's my position. I'll stand by it. <laughs> now, I do want to say um, you're I think you're part of the Treasure Coast. Right. And I don't know. I mean, they never found the Fountain of Youth. But if you've been there for 20 years, I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was surprised to hear that. Uh, so the question I, I was wondering about then is um, um, what what led to a decision then to go away from focusing on anchors and larger businesses and that sort of a thing and to make that commitment to start trying to connect everyone? Yeah, you know, I think a few things happened. One of the, you know, we tried to look at scaling our utility up multiple times. You know, honestly, I would have said that, you know, I think back in like 2014 uh, or 2013, there was some some studies done. And uh, from the previous FPNet manager, Don Landon, so I'd have to give him kudos for all the work that he he did. You know, at that time, there was just wasn't the support, right? You know, sometimes with projects like this, it the key thing you need to have is all the stakeholders running in the same direction, right? And so, you know, city board, the, the FPA board, the city commission, you know, management, you know, I, I don't know if everybody was aligned, but the interesting thing, it was really in that, that 2019, 2018 era that our, our now current CEO, uh, director of utilities, Javier Cessineros, you know, pitched the idea of Fort Pierce becoming this smart city, right? Um, and kind of did a presentation to our board and city commission, modeled after the city of Chattanooga. Uh, and then right, right after that, the Lincoln Park Smart Neighborhood Initiative kind of popped up, which I feel like was the catalyst to, to launch and to push in to say, hey, you know, here's some additional funding that we can partner with. And we had new board members, we had new management, new city commission, and all of those things, right? You know, all the stars were aligned and we said, let's go. And and so that, that's, that's, I think that's kind of how we got to today. And I'm very thankful for Javi's uh, leadership and direction uh, in FPUA. Yeah, one of the things that I feel like I always want to tell people when they're looking at this is that rarely does an electric utility, especially, but but any city often, they don't dive into this sort of thing overnight. This is usually something they've been thinking about, kind of playing around with it, looking at the numbers, deciding that maybe it's not right for them just now. They come back to it in a few years. They find a set of numbers that are workable, and then they start testing out other things. You know, it's not it's not something where you just wake up and you're like, you know what? Fiber. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah. 
So the, the thing that I think sets you apart more than most others is this Lincoln Park project. And it's something that I really hope we'll see a lot more of. Uh, so let's just dive right in. What What is Lincoln Park? Well, before we go there, you know, one of the things mm -hmm. I think that's critical is kind of how we see our network, right? We we have branded ourselves being to become a smart city internet service provider, right? So it's not just that we, we offer internet. It's not just that we offer our utility services, right? We're a smart city internet service provider that provides smart grid solutions and smart city services over the same fiber network. And so we took that initiative into the Lincoln Park area, right, which is a beautiful community that has a historic heritage and uh, just an amazing people there. Uh, they've just had various challenges economically and, and, and other various things. And, and so really they needed some kind of, you know, a, a little bit uh, of help to be able to elevate that community and and one of the things that was brought about was, well, hey, let's bring broadband in, right? And not only are we bringing broadband to every home, we stood up public Wi-Fi in five key areas. And this was all pre-COVID, right? So we had this vision, we had this idea, idea prior to the, the idea of COVID. But then when COVID happened, it slowed down our project because of material acquisition. But I think it propelled and launched us into... Um, the peer review of other people saying, wow, broadband's a big deal, right? And you know, as all the, the bead money and all the money that's out there right now, broadband is, has been elevated. Um, and so basically, uh, in, in the nutshell, Lincoln, our Lincoln Park Smart Neighborhood project is really in the heart of Fort Pierce. It, it, it was a, an area that contained about 550 parcels. Um, it bridges two commercial corridors, our Orange Avenue corridor and our Avenue D corridor. It also um, envelops an a, a area in our city we call the Peacock Arts District. You know, so if you ever visit the city of Fort Pierce, I would encourage you to do that. City of Fort Pierce is amazing. I am a, a Fort Pierceian, um, so I, I'm a little bit biased, but I, I could tell you that you come in the area and you got peacocks walking with you. So it's kind of cool, right? It sounds scary. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> no, they're they're amazing birds, it, you know, but but there's also a lot of art and different types of murals on walls and just you get to, to see the culture. So mm -hmm. that's that's important. If I had to guess, this is a neighborhood that I mean, in your area, you have two national companies. Uh, and so I'm guessing Comcast probably has a standard service in there. And AT&T probably has a, a DSL service in there. And um, and and one of the things I've I often say, Comcast Internet Essentials is uh, the best of all the big companies. But we've seen for more than ten years what it can do, and it, it helps out some families. But there's often a need left over. And so you're talking about this neighborhood where it's not that they have nothing, I would guess, but that there's a great need for some service that's going to be meeting their needs at a level that is not currently being met. That's correct. You know, and and so. You know, one of the things coming in here, it, it wasn't an area that didn't have broadband. Um, and, and part of it was just the the education behind it. Right. A lot of people don't even know and uh, getting involved. And that's part of that's part of the initiative, too, where we work with um, Incubate Your Neighborhood, which is a business incubator, which is inside the old uh, Lincoln Park. It was the first um, African-American school in Fort Pierce. Uh, and, and it's called the Means Court Building now, and that's been developed into this business incubator. We put public Wi-Fi in there. 
they're training uh, different people. They have a computer lab, right? So there's there's that whole piece to it, right? It's not just bringing broadband in. It's teaching people about broadband. And so when we found out and looked at the demographics and realized that this was the uh, lowest broadband adoption rate track in San Luis County, and this was a, a, a business had two bridged two business corridors that the city of Fort Pierce wanted to develop. Um, and with the demographics of of the the individuals that live there, uh, it was it was a great place for for everybody to invest in. Allegheny Francis Ministries uh, is is an amazing ministry, and and when they came in, you know they've invested I think three four million dollars in Fort Pierce over the last few years. They kind of chose this. It wasn't that FPOA said, hey, look, this is the area that we want to build because this is going to be the most profitable, right? It, it was, this was the area of the greatest need. And so one of the things that we knew uh, that is if we were going to enter this market that we couldn't come in with a retail rate, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because we do offer a, a hundred meg symmetrical service and our retail rate is $49, which I think is a pretty competitive offer. It's hard to find that level of service at that price nationally, unless you're going to add on another $30 of, of fees hidden, but I'm sure you don't do that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's $49, you know, and, and so what we did was because of our community partners, we took $18 off of that so that people in the Lincoln Park area, they can get this 100 meg symmetrical service for $31 a month, no equipment, no contract. No equipment fee. No equipment right. fee. Yeah, yeah. Right. They have equipment. Sorry, it comes with a wireless router, right? You know, Wi-Fi six router, um, and it, and it it doesn't have any equipment fees and and no contract. And you know, many of these individuals, you know, they may struggle month to month paying their bills, and them being locked into a contract may be the difference between putting you know food in their mouth or not. And right. so that's challenging. Um, and so this this really helps them out. And so we're we're finding success in that. And so um, you have uh, formed a partnership then with um, the uh, the city of Fort Pierce, the the county of St. Lucie, and Allegheny Franciscan Ministries. How, just how did that come apart? I mean, you said that uh, the the ministries they had already, um, I mean, committed were investing in, in Allegheny. How did you work, like develop that partnership with the city and the county and everything? We're already kind of partners with them, right? We work really close with our municipal brothers and sisters, uh, you know, within Fort Pierce. I, that's what I love about San Jose County, you know. We work really well with other government agencies. There's a lot of synergies and efficiencies that's gained by, you know, working with one another. Um, and, you know, Allegheny's been in the community and this was proposed uh, to us, you know, as as our director was was talking with the city manager and talking with the county administrator. And, you know, this was you know, we, together, it was proposed and we said, all right, you know what? FPUA will fund half of it if you guys can fund half of it. And and that funding included the five locations of free Wi-Fi, right? Uh, which, you know, it's not just little areas. I mean, we're talking parks. I think that's kind of how it came about. And how has that gone? Um, you know, uh, that deal was made years ago, right? At this point. So yeah, 20, I think 2019, it was kind of com conversation started, you know, we needed to, it was a very generalized MOU. It needed some some meat on the bones, you know, kind of skeleton, uh, put it together, figure out what was what made sense. And again, then you threw COVID in the middle of it, which changed a lot of stuff, but it accelerated the need for broadband. And and so, you know, we deployed it in September of, uh, of 2023. 
And so from, from that, you know, we started really pushing and marketing it in November. And I think we have uh, about uh, 25 or 28 uh, subscribers at the moment, you know, so we're, we're just really starting to, to ramp up our marketing and in customer engagement, you know, we've been meeting with different organizations to get the word out. And uh, do you see people taking uh, a variety of services or is, is are people applying ACP to it? Um, I don't know if you're an ACP provider, frankly, given the, the timeline of it running out. I hope you didn't go through all that paperwork. If this is where you are. <laughs> we, are we are an ACP provider. Um, you know, we, we don't have a ton of ACP customers at the moment, but, you know, I, I, I think that it is a, a necessary need from internet service providers you know it's not mm -hmm. it's not it's not about benefiting the, the the service provider it's about benefiting and giving those customers access to this voucher right this this discount so we are a, a part of acp and we are very sad to see where it is and we are really hoping that uh, that it's funded again um, or some type of uh, recategorization or new legislation comes out to assist it because we are finding that a lot of people want it. But surprisingly, we are finding people that, you know, we've got people that are ACP that are signing up for a gig service, right? We have people that are not ACP and they get the hundred meg service. We're fine. We had just had a woman today, you know, she, she got her hundred meg service starting out and she just calls, she says, I need more speed. And hmm. we just, we just gave her 300 megs, you know, so it, it's all over the board, you know, Sometimes you got many, you got multiple families living in in dwellings today. Uh, I mean, with the cost of homes and real estate, um, you know, people got to do what they got to do. And 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 many are. I remember there was one uh, customer. She works from home and she was having problems. And next day we got out there and installed it for her, and she was just so happy because now all of a sudden her work life just changed dramatically because she had that upload speed that she really needs. That on the other networks don't currently offer. Right. Yeah, no, I've seen that in my own house. Uh, not only that, uh, the bandwidth cap was a real bummer, uh, which I had to deal with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's one thing, you know, obviously for us, there is no, you can use as much as you want, you know. So I'm I'm curious about um, uh, MDUs. Uh, do you have a, a fair amount of apartment buildings in Lincoln Park? Has that been a challenge? Uh, so yeah, we, we do have some MDU areas. We've got, uh, we, we haven't connected any uh, really yet. Uh, you know, we have a couple of duplexes and stuff like that that we've connected, but we do have some apartment complexes, um, but we have not been able to uh, focus on them or, or get them to subscribe yet. Yeah, um, in, in the show that aired uh, the week before this one, um, the uh, uh, Chad Crager with uh, Fort Collins uh, was just saying that he feels like he's always looking for more techniques to get inside of them. There, uh, there's uh, so many different flavors you'll run into, and it's just uh, it's possibly why you've um, not gotten around to it yet. I'm guessing. Yeah, well, I mean, no, it just we just haven't had the the interest yet in some mm -hmm. of them. I mean, um, you know, we're we're. Outside of Lincoln Park, we're targeting MDUs um, from a bulk deal. Um, but, you know, one of the challenges you have to have when you enter the bulk realm, especially, you know, in Florida, there's a lot of retirees and, you know, they still like the the remote. Right. They, right. They want they want their they want their channel. Like, it, yeah, you talk streaming to them. They want this. The and clicker. So, yeah, they want the clicker. And, and so, you know, we're working with various streaming providers to try to con contracts because, 
you know, I, that, that's that's what they're needing. And uh, we feel like we can provide the best rate at the best speeds with the best reliability. Um, and, and not only is it going to uh, provide a great service at a great rate for them, it's going to be put back into the community. Mm -hmm. And so money stays here. The people that work here lives here. We care, right? You know, I work here, live here, play here. I've been I'm a four Pierzian, and um, you know, this is my hometown. Yeah, you know, I just saw YouTube TV has eight million subscribers. I think now they're one of the larger, uh, you know, cable systems in the in the country, and they should, you know, they should just buy Roku boxes and charge people a few extra bucks, and like call it a day. Anyway, I'm just sort of I was just thinking about that. You know, they have enough people that they could come up with their own solution to just fake the box. <laughs> Yeah. GPON uh, and XGS PON. So I, I'm just sort of curious. I saw that, um, that you're deploying both, uh, or at least uh, when I read the articles you were. So um, how has that decision been going? We're deploying um, GPON in, in some areas because we already had the cards, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, and very early on when we started evaluating the different technologies, XGS PON was the ONT were not really available yet. Um, and so once they became available and the cost dropped, uh, we realized that, you know what, it made the logical sense to to move to the uh, XGS pond, the 10 gig pond. And I'm pleased to announce, um, you know, I think about two or three weeks ago that we started offering our two gig service. Um, and so we're excited, you know, people are, you know, everybody else is offering other services. And so, you know, we, we're not just building a network for today, we're building a network of tomorrow. Yeah, no, I was just looking at the, you know, Wi-Fi 7 has such great capacity. And uh, I was looking at, a, um, I'm inside my house, I run a, a one ubiquity access point and uh, they had it and it's a 2.5 uh, Ethernet connection. I was glad to see that because I feel like that's the barrier for me. Like I want to move to a faster in-home connection, but all the, the home gear is all one gigabit still. So, yeah. So I'm I'm curious, and if the as we as we move toward the end of the interview, if you have any advice for others who are uh, going to be working with consultants, you know, I, I feel like uh, you had mentioned to me at the beginning of the interview, you know, four years ago, uh, you you wouldn't have classified yourself as an expert, let's say. So, uh, you know, how what what learning process did you go through, and what advice would you have for others that are looking at getting into this? Well, the first thing, fiber is not what you eat for breakfast. Um, <laughs> no, it's a supplement you take with breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say that, you know, if you don't know anything about fiber or that you're thinking about it, you definitely want to get a consultant. I think there are, uh, extremely important piece to going into building an ISP. You can't find a, I haven't found a book. Maybe I'll write one ISP for dummies, right? Because <laughs> no, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's really challenging because there's so many different areas. Um, and, and one of the things that we looked at as a utility, the ISP world is much different than how a municipal electric or municipal water or sewer operates. Uh, so, you know, having a consultant by your side is extremely important. Uh, you know, one of the things I found was that, you know, usually the first couple projects that you do with a consultant takes a little time, right? You know, in any relationship that you're in, it takes time to get to know one another, right? And so, you know, I, I think that after you get to your, you know, sec second, third project, you probably gain efficiencies where, you know, you're, you're kind of learning one another. You, you Every ISP, every uh, specific area's design requirements are, are different. Um, and so I, I think 
if you were going to interview uh, uh, a consultant, I, I would I would be focused on one that is, has built uh, a, a network within side similar demographics. Are you predominantly overhead? Are you predominantly underground? Are you going straight? You know, what type of builds have they done? Um, you know, um, I, I think, you know, if you're looking from uh, entering the market, you know, you want to have one that has a, the, the business consulting side on it as well, because, you know, you could have a great engineering one and they can engineer a, a tremendous uh, network for you. But if it's not going to pan out and, and, and make money or be, not really make money, but be be profitable. Right. So that, you, you know, you can continue on building, you know, you're going to be you're going to have challenges. I'm also curious how you learned some of the technology stuff. I mean, was it in talking to the consultants or you said there was no book? Um, you know, is it, uh, did you, did you go to conferences? I'm, and this is, I'm, I'm fishing around a little bit because I'm curious in that I feel like we don't see as many people going to the events anymore that we had seen before, I think. And so, you know, how did you get more proficient? Yeah. I mean, immediately I went to conferences, right. And started talking around, um, uh, luckily there's two other, local uh, municipals in the state of Florida, the city of Ocala and the city of Gainesville, you know, they also are ISPs. And so I've learned a lot from them. They're a little bit ahead of us from a deployment perspective. And so going and visiting those peers, right? What are they doing? What are they, what are they doing good? What are they doing bad? Where, what, what are they like, right? Doing that, uh, going to the conferences, learning. I think there's so much out there from in today's terms of how do you start an ISP where four years ago it wasn't there? I, I, I do think that there's a lot more information out there. Um, I think I was just about a year and a half uh, too early where now there's there's a lot more uh, manuals, I guess you could say. Um, but I, I would definitely suggest, you know, touching base with, you know, Fiber Broadband Association, uh, Fiber Connect, you know, all, all of those different conferences. You're going to find the various partners that you'd want. And I think that would probably be the biggest thing is is don't look for vendors. You need to look for partners, right? You want to you want to work with somebody that that really is looking to help you build this thing and not sell you a service, not sell you a product. Um, you need you need uh, you know partners that are willing to walk with you through the mud. <laughs> yes, yeah, and be there when uh, when something breaks. That's yes. uh, that's the key. Yes. Now, well, the last thing I would elevate from that is uh, is I do think. Um, what you mentioned about Gainesville and Ocala is uh, is I do think learning from those around you, if you can, you know, develop that relationship with those folks, buy them a drink, buy them a, buy them a meal and just pick their brains about things, ask them how things are going. Uh, those I'm always disappointed when I find out that uh, people aren't doing that legwork as they are planning. Like, you know, if you're, even if you're a, a kind of introspective person, you got to get out and talk to people. <laughs> you you do. I mean, even right now, like, I mean, in May, I'm planning to go up and see some friends up in the city of Holland and Traverse City, you know, they, they've got a bunch of money that they're fixing to start deploying and, and build. And, you know, you, you, this is, um, there's a lot to this and uh, you need to look at it from different perspectives. Um, and sometimes when you sit in a room, I, I mean, I've even sat down with vendors and, and my staff's in the room and all of a sudden we come up with an idea and that, we got their engineering represented. They're like, wow, that's a good idea. They're, they're going to go back and create the product. You know, uh, some, some of the, uh, the story's not written yet. And so sometimes the only way to come up with that innovative solution is, is getting other peers from that has a different perspective uh, and getting them in the same room, having conversations, 
And, you know, I, I've always left, you know, blessed. And I think that they've left blessed from, you know, us having, you know, that dialogue. Yes. Yeah, I think so. And that's, I would, I think we could end on that because that's such an important point that this is not the, the end of, of the internet, you know, like it's not, I guess we're connecting people who haven't been connected before it's maturing, it's changing. There's, there's uh different uses that'll be coming about. Our patterns are going to change and um, there's still a lot of history yet to be written. So that's an excellent point. And uh, Jason, thank you so much for your time today. Yes, Chris, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate the time and the ability to, to come and speak what we've been doing here in Fort Pierce. Well, and I, you know, I really hope that more people are inspired to copy the um, effort of finding those local dollars with partnerships to build out low-income communities and make sure it's affordable. I think it's a great model and it's something that uh, we've not seen in uh, hardly any places. So, so kudos on that. Thank you. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at communitynuts.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. Follow communitynets.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at muninetworks. Subscribe to this and other podcasts from ILSR, including Building Local Power, Local Energy Rules, and the Composting for Community podcast. You can access them anywhere you get your podcasts. You can catch the latest important research from all of our initiatives if you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ilsr.org. While you're there, please take a moment to donate. Your support in any amount keeps us going. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle, licensed through Creative Commons. <laughs> <laughs>